Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Clark, and this is Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. My brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe... Aang can save the world. Today we will be discussing The Legend of Korra, Season 3, Episode 9, titled The Stakeout. Yet another excellent episode. Uh, this picks up right from where we left off on yesterday's episode. So perfectly. And deepens this whole conflict with Zaheer in such a magnificent way. Like, it goes from 0 to 1,700,000 million real quick. (laughs) And it's freaking fantastic. Like, this episode really does have everything. Uh, So, we start this thing off, of course, right where we left off. Korra and Asami and Mako and Bolin are all searching for Ai Wei. Korra's on Naga, and they come across this town, and they find wanted posters of themselves, and they get attacked, and immediately they have to run away. Uh, Then, we come across where most of this episode takes place... The Misty Palms Oasis. We are back at the Misty Palms Oasis. Now, some of you may remember Misty Palms Oasis. Kind of a big deal midway through season two of the original series. They were there for a couple episodes. Like, we spent a solid two-part arc going in and out of the Misty Palms Oasis. Uh, with the library and the desert. So, we get a nice little piece of Avatar The Last Airbender nostalgia with this return. But we find his jeep there. It's stashed. Korra, by the way, is the worst owner and has no treats for Naga. (laughs) And Naga's very disappointed just whips her with her tail. <laughs> it's it's a really funny moment. It's pretty great. Uh, but Mako and Bolin go into Misty Palms Oasis undercover, uh, try to find Ai Wei, try to figure out where he is. Uh, Korra and Asami stay behind. They search the Jeep. They find uh, a location and a time, but they can't find the location on the map. The whole thing. Also, <laughs> I love this whole mini subplot of two very tough-looking bounty hunter types eyeing up Mako and Bolin. 
and then they think like they want they want to capture them. So Mako and Bolin run away. Uh, the tough looking bounty hunter types chase them. But then a little later they come back and they're like Nuck Tuck, we're your biggest fans. <laughs> Like, they're just really, really big fans of Bolin's movers. And they want his autograph. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Uh, but anyway, they find Iway, They track him to the Misty Palms Inn. And they set up this stakeout. This really poorly planned out. Poorly managed stakeout, where they're all in the tiniest of rooms. Mako's brooding. Korra is just sort of there. And Asami and Bolin are playing Pie Show over and over and over and over and over again. And Asami is kicking Bolin's ass over and over and over and over again. <laughs> uh, first half of this episode is comedy gold. It really, really is. I especially love, uh, after, at the very end of that montage, Bolin looks like he's gonna beat Asami <laughs> for once. And then Babu just smashes into the board and ruins everything. And Bolin just breaks down like, nah, why? Bolin cannot catch a break. He's just the punching bag of this show. And I love it. Uh, but then, the comedy part of this episode completely erupts. Completely just disintegrates into nothing. And now we get into the serious crap. Uh, Zakora finds Iway meditating. And puts two and two together, and it's like, oh, wait, Zaheer and Iway are not meeting in the physical world. They're meeting in the spirit world. So she goes into the spirit world after them, uh, and listens in on this conversation with Zaheer and Iway. Where Zaheer's like, hey, what the hell? You told us we'd have no trouble in Zaufu, but... We had a lot of trouble in Zalfu. You failed. You lied to us. You're a dick. What the hell? And I was like, oh, 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 I'm sorry. There's nothing to link us. There's nothing. There's nothing that anyone could use to find you. I wasn't followed. I wasn't anything. Oh, I'm so sorry. And so here's like. Yeah, screw you, you're a loose end now. And just chucks him into the fog of lost souls. Bye-bye, Iway, I guess. Like, my god. <laughs> if you are not scared of Zaheer at this point, you better be scared now. Because this dude chucked Iway into a land of eternal torment without a second's thought. It was badass. Uh, but then Korra comes out and is like, Hey, Zaheer, what the hell? And they have this whole 
discussion. Zaheer kind of sits down and is like, eh, why do we have to fight? We don't have our bending here, and there's nothing either of us can do, so let's just talk. Ask any questions, I'll, uh, I'll answer them all. And they have this huge, game-changing discussion, game-changing debate, where most of our burning questions are revealed. So, apparently Zaheer is part of an organization, a secret society, called the Red Lotus. So apparently there was a faction of the White Lotus that was, like, really pissed off that the White Lotus became basically bodyguards for the Avatar. So they broke off and made their own thing. And not only is Zaheer and his gang part of said organization, the Red Lotus, but so was Unalak. Unalak, the big bad of season two, was also part of the Red Lotus and trying to capture the Avatar when she was a little girl was his plan. And then as soon as Zaheer got captured, Unalak was like, uh, Red Lotus who? I don't know these guys. Uh, 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 I'm a good guy. Shut up. <laughs> don't think about it. Just kind of buries that all, leaves them to rot, and just goes about doing his own thing. Goes about, like, his own selfish desires. Like, so Unalak joined this secret society, but really... He didn't give a crap about what they were actually trying to do. All he wanted to do was basically remove the Avatar, who in his eyes made his brother better than him because he was the father of the Avatar. Like, he just joined the Red Lotus to improve his own self-worth, essentially. And then as soon as that failed, he went about, like, becoming the Dark Avatar. Like, they're retroactively making Unalak a better character. Really. That's what this scene is. They are retroactively making Unalak not terrible. So basically, all of Season 2 was Unalak going rogue. From the Red Lotus. Was Unalak breaking off from the Red Lotus. Still telling himself. I'm doing this to restore balance. But really. He was spitting in the face of that. And he was just being selfish and a dick. And we find out what Zaheer. What Zaheer's ultimate goal was. We still have some points to fill in. Some gaps to sort of bridge between points A and B, but we know generally what he's trying to do. Zaheer is trying to, quote-unquote, restore balance to the world. Uh, he even says to Korra, like, we have the same goal. We both want to restore balance. 
and even goes as far as to relate to Korra by talking about how she identified Avatar Wan's mistake of keeping spirits and humans separate. He related to Korra based on her decision to allow humans and spirits to coexist once again. So, there's that. But then Zaheer's like, well, we need to take this much further. Spirits and humans coexisting, only the beginning. There can only be order once we remove all the governments. He basically wants to dismantle the four nations. He basically wants to remove all these power-hungry leaders like President Raiko, like the Earth Queen, like Fire Lord Ozai. He even goes that far of a throwback. And it's like, yeah, true order is disorder. We need to get rid of these tyrannical rulers, these tyrannical governments, so that everyone can be free for themselves. And what we get is this whole philosophical debate about how the world would benefit or disintegrate without the four nations, how the world would benefit or suffer from the loss of leaders like President Raiko, uh, leaders like the Earth Queen, leaders like the Fire Lord. And as he's talking about this, and this is the mark of a truly fantastic villain, as he's talking about this, You sort of think to yourself, part of you is like, you know, he's kind of right. Like Zaheer says himself to Korra, you've had to deal with a moronic president and a tyrannical queen. He's kind of right in which that, in the sense that, those nations, those particular segments of society would be better off without those leaders. Now, should the governments be dismantled entirely? Yeah, that's a little bit too far. And also, uh, Zaheer's flat out killing people. So, there's that. But like... This is a sign of a good villain where, A, he genuinely believes what he's doing is the right thing, and B, at a certain point, like, a small part of you is like, yeah, well, he's kind of right. Like, his motivations are rooted in, like, very understandable frustrations, very accurate representations of the world, very accurate views of how certain governments operate. Like, there are some deep cuts in this. There are some deep cuts where it's just like, yeah, I can't argue with that. Like, there's no arguing with that logic. He's kind of right. Uh, especially when he goes all the way back 
to the land before Avatar The Last Airbender. And it's like, it, it wasn't too long ago that the Fire Lord destroyed an entire nation for his own selfish desires. Like, yeah, if if leaders are the cause of that chaos, if leaders like that are the cause of that chaos, then, yeah, like, <sighs> something should be done about them, but then also you have Korra, who is in the right as well, saying, well, yeah, dismantling governments is not the way. Like, that's not... That's, like, way too far. I could go on about the nature of this debate. I could go on, like, going back and forth between sides of this for hours. But really, like, let me just cut it off and, like, just summarize. Zaheer's a great villain because there is a brief shining moment where you as a viewer are kind of won over by his argument. And because he genuinely believes what he's doing is right. He's not like Unalak, where, I just want to take over the world because... Reasons! Like, he's not like that. He's not like that boring, one-dimensional nothing. But again, like, this season retroactively made Unalak a better villain, so there's that. Zaheer's great. I love Zaheer. This whole sequence is proof of it. This whole sequence is proof that Zaheer is an excellent villain. Meanwhile, while all this is happening, Zaheer somehow is able to talk through his physical body while in the spirit world and says to his gang, Avatar Korra is at the Misty Palms Inn. And so... Tentacle Lady and Lava Bender Dude go to capture her. And while Asami and Korra are running away, or while Asami's running away with Korra, I should say, more accurate since Korra is pretty much unconscious, Mako and Bolin have this excellent fight scene with them. And it's absolutely amazing. It's so well crafted. So exhilarating. And I love literally everything about it. It's an amazing, amazing sequence that of course ends with that really, really cool pool moment where Bolin just goes underwater trying to dodge the lava rocks. And you get these really cool images of just lava rocks falling into the pool while Bolin's trying to swim away from them. And then the tentacle lady is just yanks him out with like this sphere of water. It's great. It's awesome. Everything about it is really, really cool. And then we get our ending where Korra and Asami are captured. Zaheer is like, okay, the Red Lotus has to have you by now. And then leaves, and we're led to believe just for a second that Zaheer captured Korra, that Zaheer has won, that Zaheer has taken Avatar Korra. And then Korra wakes up, and is like, where's Zaheer? 
And Asami's like, Zaheer didn't capture us. The Earth Queen did. So this massive, massive nuisance that is the Earth Queen, while effing Korra over, managed to actually save her. Okay, I'll take it. But also Mako and Bolin are captured by Zaheer's forces and uh, they're delivered to him and they're like, oh, we could use these two. And then it ends. God, this is such a good episode. I've been waiting to get out some of these reveals because holy crap. Now I, now I can actually call them the Red Lotus instead of the Zaheer gang or whatever I was calling them before. So we got what? Four episodes left in this season? And if memory serves, they're a pretty damn good four episodes. Cannot wait to get into that. That is going to be... There's going to be some stuff that goes down. And it's all going to be awesome. I'll just say that. Uh, if you like this... Favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I will play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in follow me on twitter and instagram tomtom4468 and support the show patreon.com slash thomas clark pledge just a dollar a month i appreciate everything i get through there or if that doesn't work for you you can also support this show directly via anchor i appreciate that as well Tomorrow, we will be discussing The Legend of Korra, Season 3, Episode 10. Talk to you then.